Christmas is coming up. It's coming so fast. We are less than a month away. Do you realize we're less than a month away from Christmas? Get your shopping list taken care of. Go to tposa.com backslash AmericaFest for that budding young conservative or that conservative activist or even just someone who cares about America, somebody who wants to be with other people that have common sense, people who have shared values, people who still believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Truth, justice, and the American way, they used to say. Go to tpusa.com backslash AmericaFest. Use promo code POSO, capital P-O-S-O, for up to 20% off. Get there, get your tickets. Phoenix, Arizona, 18th to the 21st. All the biggest names out there, the thought leaders, the political leaders, the people that you want to hear from, because we are taking our country back. Phoenix, Arizona, December 18th to the 21st. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition, Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's stories, number one, court documents reveal that the Waukesha suspect sped up after seeing that he was behind a parade before he committed this massacre, allegedly. Next, U.S. COVID deaths in 2021 have surpassed 2020's death toll. Third, a new report is out that Speaker Pelosi has gone into a contract to buy a Florida oceanfront mansion listed for $25 million. And finally, 34% of white college applicants, according to a new survey, lied about their race to improve their chances of getting accepted. All this more ahead, Human Events Daily. So if you go to corporate media right now, if you go to any regime propaganda outlet, like for example, Wikipedia or CBS or MSNBC, they're referring to the Waukesha Christmas massacre as a car crash. They're referring to it as an accident. Oh, just a little traffic accident, just a mishap. You know, 62 people were run over, but you know, that doesn't matter. Just an accident, just a car crash. It's ridiculous and it's insane. We've gone through Daryl Brooks's social media posts. We see what's on there. Black Hebrew Israelite posts, Hitler posts, anti-white posts, the list goes on and on and on, and certainly BLM posts. Andy No, The New York Post, Daily Mail. Anyway, you could just go to the, the, you know, his social media and see all this stuff. But listen to the actual court documents the actual court documents that were entered yesterday. And you're not gonna hear this anywhere else because the media is there, they wanna talk about, oh, Kyle Rittenhouse made a hand gesture one time and we really need to care about that. But listen to this. At approximately 4.35 p.m., a detective heard on his police radio, he was informed by two citizens that some people were fighting in the area of White Rock School. He went to view it. He saw that people were spreading apart and observed a red Ford escape driving southbound. At that point, he yelled, stop. He saw the SUV and pounded on the hood and stopped on it multiple times. He heard a horn honking. The Ford escape continued driving and turned westbound on East Main Street. At that time, the vehicle was driving at a slow speed and the vehicle brushed Detective Casey back off of the front of the car, causing him to be positioned, be positioned down the driver's side of the vehicle. Casey went to the driver's side window and pounded on the driver's side door, yelling, stop. Casey chased the vehicle to East Avenue 
on foot and observed the vehicle begin to drive faster. He called and saw that it entered the parade route. A few seconds later, he heard Detective Casey on the police radio that the vehicle was striking people and continuing westbound on East Main Street. Keep in mind, the vehicle was driving slowly, then turned onto Main Street, striking numerous spectators. And listen to this line specifically here. He observed the driver looking straight ahead directly at him with no emotion on his face. The officer concluded that if the driver was lost in attempting to get out of the parade, this would have been a reasonable location for him to exit the parade route. It became apparent as it got closer to the spectators that it increased in speed. And it was clear that this was an intentional act, intentional act to strike and hurt as many people as possible. We now know that they even killed a six-year-old boy. Listen to this interview of some of the witnesses. All of a sudden, I just heard a really loud bang and I saw a red blur. Then I just saw little girls flying through the air. The truck came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you just hear the sound of people getting hit. The by sound them. was crazy. It was just a lot of silence. You saw the people on the ground. I'm a nurse, and my mother-in-law was saying, can you go and help people? Can you go and help people? So I went out there. The first gentleman we saw on the ground um, had people by him. He was alert and oriented, awake. Um, so we moved on from him across the road, and that's when uh, we came across the little boy that was in the road um, turning purple. Um, I didn't really have to do CPR on him, but um, I felt his neck for a pulse and he had one, but his eyes were fairly open. Lay down, lay down, go. Lay down. Is this guy okay? Lay down. You, he got hit? Yes. Oh my God, okay, take care of him. And what blows my mind is that it's all kids in the parade. Like, it's all it's kids. It's just a parade of kids. People had, when I came out this morning to go to breakfast at 9 a.m., everyone had their little chairs lined up for to watch the parade. Kids are super happy. I, it, it's, this doesn't happen here. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Waukesha was a massacre. Do not let them leave this behind. So as the American Bolshevik Revolution continues, listen to this headline that's not a headline, but of course Zero Hedge is actually reporting it because it's really funny that I haven't seen this anywhere else. U.S. COVID deaths in 2021 have surpassed 2020's total, despite vaccines and treatments. Interestingly enough, they're treating it as a spin. So they've had to admit that this has happened, but listen to the spin that regime media is putting on this. Take a listen. The COVID pandemic is far from over. The number of U.S. COVID-19 deaths recorded in 2021 has surpassed the toll in 2020, according to federal data and Johns Hopkins University. 
The total number of reported deaths linked to the disease topped 770,800 this weekend, putting the pandemic-long total at more than twice the 385,343 COVID deaths recorded last year. Now, you might be thinking, uh, we have vaccines now? How did this happen? Infectious disease experts say lower-than-expected immunization rates, combined with pandemic fatigue and the spread of highly contagious variants, were important factors. Over in Europe, Tensions between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated have reached a boiling point. Police clashed with anti-vax crowds over the weekend as ICUs and morgues continue to fill up. The continent is experiencing yet another devastating outbreak. Anger has been brewing across Austria, Germany and the Netherlands as the countries impose new restrictions. The present pandemic situation is dramatic. I can't put it any other way. In the U.S., we're also starting to see a spike ahead of the holidays, averaging around 92,000 cases and 1,100 deaths per day. So it's very easy to sort of say, okay, I'm kind of done with this. COVID in my mind is over. When you have 1,100 Americans dying per day, that is not a time to stop taking precautions. And the most important precautions, if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you haven't gotten a booster and you're more than six months past that second shot, go get a booster, now recommended for all adults. So we didn't have a vaccine before, and we do have a vaccine now, but the problem is that none of the people are getting it, and that's why there's more deaths going on. Now, by the way, I get what they're saying, right? I get what they're saying, that they're saying, oh, it's a problem because this thing is spreading and not enough people are stopping to spread, so that's why the spread is faster. Okay. But I remember 2020, and I remember the attacks that were coming like crazy on various states that had governors that refused to put in these crackdowns. And here's the dirty little secret. The dirty little secret is, it's not those states where these numbers are ticking up. Where's the biggest outbreak in America right now? Michigan. And yet you'll never hear a peep about it coming from Michigan. So listen to what Zero Hedge is talking about. The virus was reported as the underlying cause of death or contributing cause of death for an estimated 377,883 people in 2020. However, as of Monday of this week, more than 770,000 people have died from the coronavirus total, according to Johns Hopkins. That means over 15,000 more people have died in 2021 than died last year. So over 400,000, so 377,000 last year, over 400,000 this year already. And of course, there's already another month to go in 2021. <laughs> I love this. The 2021 U.S. death toll caught some doctors by surprise. They had expected vaccinations and precautionary measures like social distancing and scaled down public events to curb the spread of infections and minimize severe cases. But the Wall Street Journal had its own explanation, suggesting that lower than expected immunization rates, as well as fatigue with precautionary measures like masks, allowed the highly contagious Delta variant to spread largely among the unvaccinated epidemiologists say. Public health officials simply, according to Dr. Abron Karen, uh, an infectious disease doctor at Stanford University, said, the public health officials failed to effectively communicate that the purpose of the vaccines is to protect against severe cases of COVID-19 rather than prevent the spread of infection entirely, which may have led to some doubt to the effectiveness of the shots. CDC is also out now. They're claiming they undercounted the COVID-19 deaths in 2020. 
when the disease was newer and a scarcity of tests confirming some infections difficult. Here's my thing on this, folks. I want to get to the bottom of COVID-19. January 25th of 2020, I'm out there. I'm on War Room Pandemic, episode one, guest one, Steve Bannon. We're in there. What were we talking about? Wuhan. What was going on in that lab? What was Fauci doing? Why was he involved in anything to do with this thing? They said, okay, we were doing gain of function because we wanted to prevent an outbreak. Well, now you've got an outbreak. So what role did gain of function play? But they never show their cards. And Peter Navarro's got this great new book all about it in Trump time. They never explain to you what was going on because they were the ones behind it. Give us the answers. Give us the receipts. Show us what was going on in that lab 100% of the time. We need all of the data. We need all the receipts. Preserve your records, by the way, because when and if a new Speaker of the House arises, this is going to be a situation where there's clearly going to be investigation of NIH and we will demand investigation of Wuhan. As a reminder, folks, continue to support us. Thank you so much for that continued support and support of the show, support of the podcast. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO, get those Christmas orders in. Christmas is coming. It's so fast. I know Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Of course, everyone's going to be focused on that, but guess what? Then comes Black Friday, then comes December, then boom, you're right in the Christmas season. So why not get ahead of the game? Why don't you go to MyPillow.com? You know if you get your order in today then you won't have to worry about it making it in time for Christmas. With all the shipping delays that we've seen, all the supply chain problems, thanks to Buttigieg and Biden and everything else, go get your order in now, mypillow.com, promo code POSO, the towels, the toppers, the sheets, everything, and the pillows, just the regular pillows, of course. You got the Christmas pillows as well, the Bible pillows, that's what we use at our house. We're getting the Christmas pillow pack for the kids. Don't tell them. Uh, fortunately, they don't actually listen to this podcast, so fortunately, they probably won't know. But I think you'll see a few My Pillow products under the Christmas tree in the Pasovic household this Christmas, this uh, 25th. But speaking of households, listen to this new report. This is a report by Gabe Hoffman. Now, Gabe Hoffman is the owner and producer of the documentary An Open Secret, uh, which talks all about the networks of Hollywood pedophiles and convicted sex offenders. However, Gabe Hoffman is also someone who knows very well the real estate industry in Florida. He's someone that's definitely plugged in there. And we just found out that I want to give a huge congratulations. Speaker Pelosi has just gone in on a contract to buy a Florida oceanfront mansion listed for $25 million, it's reported. Gabe says that he just checked with the top broker in the area who confirmed this information. 10,000 square feet of property on Jupiter Island just changed to pending. Right now, of course, this will probably be up in... Um, Gabe continues that Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, is extremely wealthy and may be likely represented on buyer documentation is closing, probably bought through a land trust or a third-party holding corporation. But I want to I want to really go in and just listen to Speaker Pelosi and talk about how much she cares about our world and being a steward of the environment and a steward of the land. Take a listen. Uh, they were pleased that the bill, uh, the other bill, had passed the that had passed the House, but they're very very eager about this bill which makes it happen for us in terms of 
preserving the planet and doing so by lowering costs for families, by reducing pollution by 50 percent, by 2030, by creating good paying union jobs and to do so with equity, with fairness, to build back better, to build back better over a, about a half a trillion dollars in this legislation to protect the planet. It's a health issue, clean air, clean water for our children. It's a jobs issue, making America preeminent in good-paying green jobs. It's also resulting from drought, and you know all of the challenge of natural disasters springing from the climate crisis. And it is a moral issue, if you believe, as I do, that this is God's creation, and we have a moral obligation to be good stewards. But even if you don't share that view religiously, we all share it morally that we have a responsibility to future generations. Now, remember, Speaker Pelosi, she has been the representative. She is the speaker, but she's also been a representative of the San Francisco area, California, for all these long years. Now, obviously, a lot of people are pointing out that if she is buying property down there, might indicate chances are she may not run again for office, so she may end up being retired. And so, of course, where is she going to retire to? to California? Of course not, you fools. Look at what her and her movement have done to that state. They've destroyed it. They've turned it into California. And she, like so many others, is going to the free state of Florida under Governor DeSantis. That's where Nancy Pelosi wants to go. She knows. She knows exactly what she's done. She knows exactly the tax problems and everything else going on in California right now. And she's leaving. She's going to be out. And yet there's still going to be people. There will be still people saying, oh, but we have to stay in California. We have to be here. It's, it's for the good of the people that we do these things. Do you get it yet? Do you understand that you're living under a Hunger Games regime led by Speaker Pelosi and Newsom out there in California? That's what's going on. But she's not going to live there herself. No, of course not. She'll go to the free state of Florida under DeSantis. Why? It's simple. Because even she knows that her policies are a joke. Now, I know that here on this show, we talk about some of the problems in America. But of course, we have to talk about the biggest problem of all. And this, according to President Biden, is systemic racism. Listen to this video he released telling us all about the greatest ill of American society, of course, systemic racism. Let me make something clear. I'm a white man. I think I understand, but I can't feel it. I mean, I feel it, but I, I don't know what it's like to be a black man walking down the street and be accosted, be a black man walking down the street, be arrested, be a black man walking down the street, and God forbid something worse happened to me. You know, uh, if we just let this wound scab over again, it's never going to heal. As I said, George Floyd's last words didn't die with him. They're echoing all across the country. And I think, I think they speak down to, a, to a, a nation where you have over 108,000 people who have lost their lives to a virus now. 40 million Americans have filed for over 40 million for unemployment. And a disproportionate number of the coronavirus cases and job losses are in the African-American and Latino communities. As a matter of fact, Latino communities even have a higher unemployment rate, lost jobs. 
the moment, it seems to me, it's a wake-up call for everybody, for all of us. And the moment, I think, has come for our nation to deal with this systemic racism, to deal with the growing economic inequity in our nation, and to deal with the denial of the promise of this nation for so many. Early in the week, I had, uh, I laid out initial steps I thought the Congress should take immediately as it related to police conduct, outlaw chokeholds, stop transfer of weapons of war, meaning those Humvees and the rest to dealing with uh, up-armored vehicles to uh, police departments, improve oversight and accountability, create a model use of force standard, because the country's crying out for leadership. And the president of the United States must be- And the systemic racism epidemic has gotten so bad that according to a new study, 34% of white college applicants lied about their race to improve their, improve their chances of getting accepted. This is just, oh, it's horrific. The systemic racism, not only is it so racist, it's, it's completely systemic. They lied about their race to admissions officials to better their chances of getting accepted into their desired, desired university or receive better financial aid, according to a new survey by Intelligent and report in the College Fix. 1,250 white college applicants aged 16 or older found that the most popular racial claim was Native American. Out of the 34% of white college applicants who lied about their race, 77% were accepted. It's, easiest to, it's the easiest lie to tell because you can't get caught in it, said Vijay Jojo Chakal Ingram, an admissions consultant SOSAdmissions.com and the author of Almost Black, the story, the true story of how I got into medical school by pretending to be black. A lot of people, based on very flimsy reasons, either claim to be African-American, Hispanic, or Native American because they know it's going to improve their chances, Chokal Ingham said in an interview to The College Fix. Though lying on college applications is frowned upon, universities typically do not push back on students about their race. Instead, they accept it regardless of what they look like. It's become a joke. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you, it is not a lie because we are told that you are what you identify as, and you cannot question someone's identity. So if you identify as one of these protected categories or one of these beneficial categories, who are they to say otherwise? Who are these colleges to say otherwise? Folks, you gotta work the system before the system works you. Work the system before the system works you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your support. That's all our time, Human Events Daily. Continue to share this out, share it with your Nomi friends. Our motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and I wanted to do a special because one of my great uh, influences and role models when it comes to media was Rush Limbaugh. And he always used to do something very special on his Thanksgiving episode. Now, he's not gonna be around this year to be able to do that. So I'd like to read to you what Rush used to always say on Thanksgiving. He said, one of the most important legacies of the early settlers, the pilgrims, was that they had experimented with socialism in the 1620s and it didn't work. Private property rights and personal responsibilities, two pillars of the new society, saved the Plymouth colony from extinction and laid the economic foundation for a free and prosperous American nation that we all enjoy today. And that is exactly right. That is the true story of Thanksgiving. And that's what Russia always told us. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.